0: Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind The Cabin in the Woods.
1: welcome to law and horror i'm your host Jeanette, and in a horror movie i would survive by hiding until i'm forgotten
0: and i'm your other host julie in a horror movie i would die investigating the strange sound
1: all right okay do you want to just jump right into the movie we'll be discussing
0: yes so we're discussing the cabin in the woods i'm gonna be honest i hate that the is there. I wish it was just Cabin in
1: the Woods. Agreed. I kind of forget it's there. <laughs> I just keep calling it Cabin in the Woods. But then when you Google the Cabin in the Woods, there's like a thousand other um things that come up, like on IMDb and shit. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So it came out in 2011, and it's written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. It's directed by Drew Goddard, and it stars Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson. Fran, Franz cons <laughs> Fran
1: Canz. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesse Williams, Richard Jenkins, and Bradley Whitford. Oh, yes.
1: And so, if you're already familiar with the film, go ahead and skip forward three minutes. Um, I took this summary straight off Wikipedia because it was it was actually really good considering all the shit that goes down in this movie. So, um, yeah, Julie, you're allowed to tune me out. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> In an underground lab, engineers Citizen and Hadley discuss plans for a mysterious ritual after a similar operation in Stockholm has just ended in failure. American college students Dana, Holden, Marty, Jules and Kurt are spending their weekend at a seemingly deserted cabin in the woods. From the lab, Sitterson and Hadley remote control the cabin and manipulate the students by intoxicating them with mind-altering drugs that have effects such as hindering rational thinking and increasing libido. The lab department takes bets on what kind of monster will attack the students and discuss the failures of international operations. In the cabin's cellar, the group finds many bizarre objects, including the diary of Patience Buckner, a cabin resident abused by her sadistic family. Dana recites incantations from the diary and inadvertently summons the zombified Buckner family. Hadley releases pheromones to induce Kurt and Jules to have sex outside. They are attacked by the zombies and Jules is decapitated while Kurt escapes to alert the group. Marty discovers concealed surveillance equipment in his room before being dragged off by a zombie. The lab workers learn that the ritual sacrifice in Japan has also failed, meaning that the American right is humanity's last hope. Kurt, Holden, and Dana attempt to escape in their RV, but the engineers trigger a tunnel collapse to block them. Kurt attempts to jump a ravine on his motorcycle to seek help on the other side, but crashes into a force field and falls to his death. Holden and Dana realize that their existence, excuse me, that their experience is staged and retreat to the RV. As they drive back to the cabin, Holden is stabbed through the neck by a zombie and the RV is driven into a lake. Dana swims ashore and she is also attacked. The lab employees, seeing that Dana is the only survivor, celebrate the success of the rite. But they are interrupted by a phone call from the director pointing out that Marty is actually still alive. Marty then rescues Dana, takes her to a hidden elevator he discovered under a grave. They descend into the lab and discover a large collection of monsters of various types locked in cages. Dana correlates them with the objects in the cabin's cellar and realizes that the objects determine which monsters are released upon them. Cornered by security personnel, they trigger a purge button and release all of the monsters, which wreak havoc and slaughter most of the staff. Dana and Marty flee the carnage and discover an ancient temple underground where they are confronted by the director. She explains that the worldwide annual rituals of human sacrifice are held to appease the Ancient Ones, a group of cruel subterranean deities. Each region of the world has its own ritual, and the American ritual involves the sacrifice of five slasher film archetypes. The whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, and the virgin. The order of the killings is arbitrary as long as the whore dies first and the virgin dies last or survives. The director urges Dana to kill Marty to complete the ritual and spare humanity. Dana is suddenly attacked by a werewolf while Patience Buckner kills the director. Deciding that humanity is not worth saving, Dana and Marty share a joint while awaiting their fate. The temple floor collapses, and a giant hand emerges, destroying the facility and the cabin itself.
0: How many sacrifices do you give this movie? All
1: of them, Julie. All of them. Five. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This This is one of my absolute favorite movies. I feel bad that I've been picking a lot of, like, my favorites, but I also don't care. But... Uh, But also it's your podcast. It's also our podcast, so we can do what we want. (laughs) So yeah, friggin' five out of five for me. I I wish I could remember my exact process when I watched this for the first time, but I just know it was one of the best film reveals, twists for me, and it it never stops. I will watch this movie every single time all the way through and never be disappointed. What about you?
0: Um I give it 4 out of 5 sacrifices. So it gets a 4 points because there's nothing derivative about the actual driving force of this movie, which is that there's this shadow government that is sacrificing people to these ancestral gods. Like that's very original and very interesting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this movie is making fun of horror movie tropes mm, while mm. also relying on those tropes yes. to progress the story forward. <laughs> so, like, it loses some points for me there. I'm like, you can't both make fun of these tropes and be like, we're breaking the mold. <laughs> and then also use those same tropes to be like, this is how the plot is progressing. Yeah. And then I'm going to pull a netty here. <gasps> There's a lot of, like, questions I have Oh yes. that I don't feel like I have answers for. So that's where <laughs> it loses the one point for me. But... For the most part I agree this is a very good movie.
1: Totally fair. I, I I did have like rewatching and paying paying attention in a slightly different way than before. I was like, Well, what have the other rituals been? What have other people picked? What are the ancient ones? What if-? how well, do the different
0: cultural like like how are there different cultural rules? Yes. Yet the ancestral gods apparently accept them. From all, like, I don't, yes. Okay, that that, that response did not make any sense. But, like, something that drives me insane about this movie is that they're, like, okay, um, our sacrifices are different for every culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, here in America, we have our sacrificial victims that have to, like, fit in these um, archetypes. Mm -hmm. But in Japan, it's just, like, a room full of little children. Mm -hmm. And the gods will only accept them if we kill them in this order Mm -hmm. and in this way and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, like, but are you guys not all trying to slumber the same gods? Like why do the gods care how people die in America versus how people die in Japan? Mm-hmm. Like why are the gods like keeping the gods are like what bureaucrats? And they're like, <laughs> you have to fill out the form this way. Oh, I like, I don't, that. it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs>
1: Ugh, yeah. I, I just, I want so much more information. You're so right. Yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I put the scores out of order. Sorry about that. (laughs) So what do you remember from the beginning? So, yeah. So we we start off and um, we're we're in the government facility.
0: So the first time I ever saw this movie, I saw it in theaters and Um, I was late and I missed the entire opening scene. So I thought the opening scene was when they were when... um. Our victims, Uh, if you will, our sacrifices were all in the house talking about, you know, Dana's professor boyfriend and stuff like I thought that was the beginning of the movie. So the first hint I had that there was some weird shadow government Uh because I also don't watch like trailers or anything. Yes,
1: I've come around to your side for that. (laughs)
0: The first hint I had about
1: the shadow government was, like,
0: the guy on the roof with, like, the earpiece. Yeah. And, like, I just
1: remember just being like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I'm trying to... Oh, when did... I feel like I watched this movie for the first time with you in law school. I believe so. Yeah, because I think we were at our friend Kelsey's apartment. Because I remember, like, taking a break halfway through, and we, like, went for a walk with the dogs and oh came back or maybe I'm I feel like that's what you happened. have a strong memory I just like I because this movie's so good for me <laughs> 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 um yeah so I just I yeah I didn't see it in theaters I I really don't like seeing horror movies in theaters I'm too chicken shit I like to be able to like pause when I need to pause I like not having other people scream when I'm like ah, okay you're such a noob or like <laughs> but argument
0: is this a horror movie
1: I describe it to people I actually I don't describe it quite as a comedy I say it's like a horror sci-fi like science fiction movie together
0: okay what do you I mean that's fair I don't like there's definitely an argument that a movie is only a horror movie if the intention of the movie is to scare people Mm -hmm. and I don't think the intention of this movie is to scare people Mm -hmm. so usually if like if I have to give it a category I'm usually like oh it's a horror comedy
1: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
0: But, like, a horror sci-fi is also probably a good way to describe Like, there are definitely horror elements, because it's here to kind of parody horror movies. So you can't... I don't feel like you could ignore that aspect of it. But I... Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like, for me, like, the first... Because I, I, this is why I think I remember the dog walk distinctly, is when... Day, I didn't I forgot to actually look at the timestamp, but when when they think Dana is the sole survivor and they're kind of celebrating, I think we pause the movie to take a break. Oh, and the
0: fake ending?
1: Yes. And we were I remember being in the theaters and being like,
0: this movie was very short. Yes.
1: (laughs) And then, like, the realization that there was still, like, 40 more minutes to go was, like-
0: And the best 40 minutes of the whole movie. Yes.
1: So I think that's my favorite part is, like, it arguably could be this condensed, teeny-tiny little, like, Cabin in the Woods slasher movie and, like, oh, no, Dana, are you our final girl or not? But then it's, like- we're only halfway through Mother Effers and I just loved realizing that like there's a whole other movie to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I had that same realization in theaters.
1: Oh,
0: like yeah. I was sitting there and like as like they're celebrating something I'm like this is a very dark ending <laughs> and little did I know but yeah. I was like this is a very dark ending and this was a very short movie but it was okay. It was yeah. good. Yeah, you know? and like yeah, and then and then the last 40 minutes are definitely like where the <sighs> That's the payday, the last 40 minutes of the
1: movie. That's such a good (laughs) word. Yeah, payday. And I still, I, like, try not to blink during those scenes because I'm still catching new stuff as I try to, like, pause and look at all the monsters and... Yeah, like, I saw
0: the twins from The Shining oh, this time around, and that. I don't know if I've ever noticed them I before.
1: I didn't either, so I'm like, damn it. <laughs> 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 there's just certain ones that, like, are obviously very, um, not like, they, they draw your eye to them, so I'm always like, there's the killer robot, <laughs> like, there's the, you know, the yeah. unicorner. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> and then, exactly like you said, so we're, when, when we meet our sacrificial victims, which is really where the movie feels like it should start um we have so so the categories for the american ritual are the virgin the whore the athlete the scholar and the fool so we meet jules and dana together in their apartment jules has just dyed her hair blonde and it turns out that's how the chem department is getting her brain cognition to slow down is through the hair dye um and Jules all- also
0: looks exactly like a young Christina Applegate. Like I'm like, why is Ooh. Kelly Bundy in this movie?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I kept
0: being like, where do I, where have I seen this actress before? But it's just because she it's just because she looks exactly like Christina Applegate.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, And then, oh my gosh, okay, I I do have one little bitch about this. (laughs) This is the beginning scene. So Chris Hemsworth, and I'll I'll talk about it in my my film facts too, but he actually, so this was filmed before he was cast for Thor. Because I remember thinking like, what you you doing in this? Um, So it was just kind of cool that they were able to have cast an A-lister right before he got skyrocketed to A-lister. Um, yeah. But when he is talking to Dana and you realize everyone is extremely intelligent. Jules is pre-med, Kurt knows his shit, and then later he's on full academic scholarship. Dana is mm-hmm. bringing these like really intensely dense uh, books with economics her. books. Yeah, like on the
0: trip, like they have titles like "Economics in the Soviet Union." Yeah, and like shit, titles, <laughs> like insane things <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, and so like you, this is you do. You have a very smart group of people, and as we're gonna get into the, the odds are just so stacked against them and and manipulated. But at one point, Kurt pulls a book off of Dana's shelf and says, "Like you should read this." He's like, "The professor, you know, hasn't read this book." So, you'll sound super smart and it'll help you a lot. And I'm like, it's on her fucking bookshelf. If somebody came into my house. Oh my God. I don't know That's what it was. Point. I don't know what it was about this rewatch that just stuck with me. I was like, if someone came into my house and pulled a book off and was like, oh my gosh, you should read this because it's so good. I'd be like, bitch, it's on my fucking shelf. Like, Fuck yeah, you off. You just
0: took that off my bookshelf. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Like,.
1: It was just, it was just one of those little things that just caught me, and I was like, I am gonna make a note about this in my, in my <laughs> description discussion. Um, and then also, who forgets they're wearing pants? It's so fucking funny, but also, who forgets they're in their underpants?
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> okay, maybe it's just a hot girl thing, and Julie forgets she wears pants.
0: <laughs> I just feel like if you're already, like, if you're already like bustling around in your underwear. And you're just like, mom, I'm just packing some bags. And then people just start busting into your room. And you just, I mean, I think that
1: it's totally possible. All right. I'm going to tie this the next time we're like hanging out. (laughs) I'm just going to be like, Julie, blah, 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 blah. And see if I can get you to forget that you're not wearing pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I would be more likely to forget that I'm not wearing pants. And like, if you were shirtless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely hard to ignore. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then, and then we have, uh, so yeah, we got Dana, Jules, Kurt joins, um, uh, Holden is our scholar. Oh my gosh. He is really scrumptious. Can we just take a moment? Um, he's cute, but his character
0: was totally underdeveloped. Yeah. So like, I'm like, am I supposed to be rooting for you? Should I care?
1: I know the least about him. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a tad unfortunate because I feel like it wouldn't be too hard to just give him some better dialogue and
0: yeah yeah
1: so I don't know why he his character just yeah underdeveloped. I actually
0: when I first watched the movie I actually thought he might be like a mole
1: oh that would have been because he was
0: so underdeveloped
1: yes oh that would have been trippy I did not yeah. I did not think that but
0: well and it wouldn't have made any sense though because I have to have the scholar for the sacrifice so
1: yeah womp 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 and then we have the fool marty who i'm not usually a fan of like the stoner character the the like dumb comedian type thing i love marty
0: marty's great and i agree normally the fool Mm -hmm. in horror movies normally the fool is the worst character
1: yes he's so obnoxious you're just like just fucking die already like duh. yeah yeah in this one, I thought they did a fantastic job of, of with the exactly with the exception of the scholar. You, you get to know these guys. And you kind of care about them. And then, oh, the fool saves the day.
0: I know. And they die so early on in the movie. Right. Like, I was definitely thinking about that this time around. I'm like, they all die
1: very quickly. Yeah. Like how fast we amp up to the right when they go into the cellar. Yeah. And then so as they're driving off, they come across they have to get some gas cuz they're in an RV and they come across the har-
0: Harbinger, Harbring Yeah, the Harbinger, the Harbinger. Harbinger. <laughs> He's my favorite character. He's- <laughs> oh my god, he is so good. This is actually Do You have me on speakerphone? That's <laughs> rude. I don't know who's in the room. <laughs> oh
1: my god, Mordecai, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh! Just yeah, fan and even the even the little snips between him and the kids like, oh, you fought in the war? Is this the war with the blue and the gray and the brother fighting and brother, brother fighting brother? <laughs> <laughs> it's <a> fucking great. <laughs> I mean, I
0: just I just appreciate though that Marty was like not passive aggressive in that scene like the guy like so he says the thing like the civil war joke basically <laughs> and then the harbinger is all like are you sassing me or whatever yeah and marty's like well you're rude you yes. were rude to my friend i like he's n- not like oh no, no i would never like he's just like you're a dick so i'm being a dick
1: yes uh, he, Yeah. he's like you insulted my friend and i was like good for you sticking up for your fucking friends this guy's an ass yeah, yeah
0: absolutely I really liked that.
1: uh me too. Me too. It was just fucking
0: funny. <laughs> oh. I wonder if that guy's ever gotten his ass beat, though. I don't know. You the Harbinger? Like, I wonder if like he's ever because I feel Chris Hemsworth's character suddenly I can't remember his name. Kurt. Kurt. Uh, I feel like Kurt was about to beat his ass, so... but Marty <laughs>
1: beat him to it with his linguistic jinjitsu stuff with his sharp wit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um and then that makes me wonder like is this is this always been the harbinger is there like a a job opening that he's been the recent harbinger or I can't even say the word harbinger is he the are the, you always... are
0: you wanting to be a harbinger is that what is happening right now No
1: not at all <laughs> 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 But it's just like I just want to know so much about this like system and has he always I mean I'm
0: going to been... be honest Huh? I would that would be like a dream job for me.
1: Oh, my God, that's one of my game <laughs> questions. Oh, I'm gonna add I forgot to add him. Okay, hold on. gotta add it to the game <laughs> questions here. And then they these guys are all kind of selected, and if they don't transgress, they can't be punished.
0: which this is another. So um, I can't remember which one of the directors or not the directors. I can't remember which one of the head guys mm. says that. But that's a line that like makes me so angry and not not in the sense that i don't i i think it's bad writing Mm -hmm. it makes me angry because i'm like that's you guys are such fucking hypocritic hypocritical liars Mm -hmm. because you are forcing them to transgress yes and then also what are they being punished for like sigourney weaver's character later on is like oh you're being punished for being young i'm like what yeah like
1: (laughs) well and then when that happened i was like phew i'm fine because i'm not young anymore <laughs>
0: right we're way too old to be sacrifices yeah. in this movie <laughs> but um, I, yeah i'm just like you literally drug them and trick them into transgressing mm-hmm. and like use like manipulation
1: and, and, and they try to play it off i'm kind of like how this the newly appointed security guy questions like this isn't really a choice it's and then they say like no they are they have to make the choice to go down in the cellar they have to make the choice to do this and it's like well is this real i mean they're stacking the deck so heavily it's yeah. hard for me to believe it really is leaving any free will open
0: right because then they have that puppeteer voice that's like go in the basement yeah. and like doing things like that to them i'm like
1: that's not that's not cool yeah yeah yeah, it it's fascinating to watch as an audience member when this whole thing is unfolding. But when it comes down to the actual, like we have to do the ritual and this is the process, it's like this isn't this isn't organic in any sense. I'm surprised that this. Why is this appeasing to you know these ancient ones or why is it
0: appeasing to the ancient ones at all? Yeah, like I don't understand how they're like yes, if you kill five people. Once a year, will continue to slumber. Why though? Like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what are the, what are the gods get out of this? No idea. They just idea. want to see somebody die.
1: Yeah. Versus just like destroying the whole world, and that'd be like yeah, a marathon. I mean, destroying years. the
0: whole world sounds so much more fun. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like why. so, that's just something I find confusing I'm like, it would make more sense if it was something like the gods are trapped. Like, we have this magical mm. spell that has trapped the gods, and we need blood to keep the spell going, because it's blood magic.
1: Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. At
0: least, like, give me something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I want more. Um, and yeah. so then then they go down into the cellar, kind of on cue, with the uh, lab agency kind of describing that. And then they have to make a choice. So they, they're all kind of playing with different objects in the cellar. And the implication is whatever object they choose will then result in the monster that's going to come and kill them.
0: Which is a fucking bummer. Like Dana says later, like you, they made us choose how we were going to die. Yeah. That was such a sad moment when she realized that.
1: And I'm terrible. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like... Pick something other than the diary. <laughs> like I, want, I want like a... Right. What, is it, what is it called when you like d- build your own mystery or design your... Oh, you know what I'm...
0: Oh, you, you want an interactive? Yeah,
1: I <laughs> want that. Where this time around, I'm going to pick the music box and I want to see the the teeth face ballerina come and get them. Or... <laughs> there should be a Cabin in the Woods video game. Oh, that's one of my film facts. There was going to be, and then it wasn't. Oh, I, I would know. play the shit out of that game. I would too. Ugh. Oh. Oh. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. I know. And, like,
0: it's such a bummer because when you, when you do get down into the, um, into, like, the underground government laboratory, mm-hmm. um, you see all of these super cool monsters and oh. you're like, why did we have to get the zombie torture family?
1: I know. It's... It's boring uh, exactly it's boring it's boring yeah yeah and
0: maybe they did that cuz they they're like well we're just we're making a very short horror movie <laughs> within this bigger sci-fi movie does yeah. that make sense like, yeah so yeah maybe they're like we don't want to spend too much time exploring the monster because it's about this shadow
1: government yeah it's just but so I like maybe that's it. why but I, wa- I want it i want a different monster. i want it i Oh, two. That would have been that would have been amazing. But I do think the basement scene
0: is one of my favorite scenes in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just like seeing all the different items down there and seeing, yes. like, how close they get to picking all these different things. Mm-hmm. And then you get to hear, like, the puppeteer's voice when it's like, read the Latin. Yes. And Marty's, like, freaking out. He's like, no, don't read the Latin. And then he's like, I dare everybody to go back upstairs. Yes. Like... <laughs> the scene is both like like concerning because you're like uh-huh what's gonna happen but then it's also really funny
1: <laughs> yes yes and then yeah oh my gosh how close they come and and the joke that one of the engineer lab director dude guys always wants a merman and kurt comes so close to blowing the conch and he's like the conch was in his hand <laughs> i know <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's the other thing I love about the basement scene is like right after the, or right before and like right after the basement scene, we have the bedding pool scenes. <gasps>
1: Oh, and I think yes. the betting
0: pool is so hysterical,
1: so <laughs> fantastic, and it's like people need to blow off steam, and it's just oh, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a screenshot of that to our website because that's also how you kind of see all the other different categories that could have been picked, mm. and then all the other different um, departments that are involved in this shadow agency. So then they pick the diary. Dana does. She's reading the diary out loud, and then. What triggers it is the puppeteer's voice saying, like, read the Latin, read it out loud. And once she's. Question about the
0: diary before we move on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, the line where Patience talks about losing her good arm, did they fucking eat her arm? I don't. I do not understand. Where she's like, my arm is all hacked off and et.
1: I'm like, what does this mean? Oh, I don't know. I forgot about the et. Arm is hacked off and et. Are you just Googling that line? <laughs> yeah. It does not say what it is. Mm. Mm. That
0: has bothered me every time I've watched this movie.
1: I don't know what they did to the arm. Because then they also like cut the mother open and stuff her full of coals, apparently. and
0: Which is just odd. Ooh.
1: Why? Ugh.
0: What is the purpose of filling a body with coal? I don't understand.
1: I don't know. Because they're... I, mean. I need logic and
0: motives, please, <laughs> and thank you.
1: I love that for this film, like, we switched. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> it's perfect.
0: <laughs> I think it's because this film is, like, so scientific and, like, government, you know, bureaucratic, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, you guys should have answers for me.
1: Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. I, I'm curious, I, I didn't see any indication of it, but I'd be curious. I think they made a comic book book. After this, a graphic novel off of the movie, I, I believe so. And so I would be curious if that included more information, but I feel like in my research, I would have found like a comparison. That's a good point. But I'll look for it after uh, this.
0: I might so, look. Yeah. I might see if I can find that. Yeah.
1: Cause any, yeah. Cause if we can get the book, just like how you had said with the shining and everything and, and the ritual, the book just gives you so much more. And maybe Right, even
0: there. if a book comes after, sometimes they can just fill in some questions and some blanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah. So yeah, we're reading this creepy ass diary, which ugh, and then we read the Latin out loud, and that's sort of like the incantation that sparks they have picked the Buckners to be the ones that murder them. And from Womp Womp Womp. womp. Could have been a merman, could have been Teeth Face Ballerina. Uh, yeah and then death just fucking ensues like you said right off the bat people are being killed
0: yeah and in pretty gruesome ways to be fair like jewels in the bear trap oh that one is the most disturbing for me yeah because fucking bear trap
1: i uh i don't want to talk about it but i also like i don't quite understand how it worked How did the bear trap, because it's both Jules and Holden, it gets them in the back? So it was like, does it just like pinch a bit of skin and like that? Or is it like forced? That must be. And it like, I don't understand. Because it grabbed a flat It must be that it closes on them. It didn't like grab an ankle and yank it like. Ugh. Ugh. That's one that yeah. I can't. It's it's so unsettling for me, and so yeah, they mm-hmm. they take jewels and they hold when they when they go to. I mean, yeah, she gets stabbed in the hand. She gets a bear trap in the back, and then they they grab her. And this actress just does such an amazing job. Her eyes as they like wield this rusty old saw blade in front of her. It just makes my inside squirm. Yeah. It's so painful. She's so scared. Ugh. It's not fair. It's not
0: fair cuz she wasn't
1: even like ugh.
0: they like were putting some sort of chemical into her hair dye to make her act stupid mm-hmm. and like dance around naked. Yep.
1: And then they put like like, half naked mist pheromones to make her and Kurt get it on. It's like that's her boyfriend. Like, yeah. How is she a slut for having sex with her boyfriend? Right. (laughs) But yeah. So then she she dies. Kurt escapes and runs back. Oh, I have the deaths out of order. Sorry. Uh no no I don't. Okay. Kurt goes back to the cabin covered in blood. I love when he clotheslines patience on his way back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Higika! WWE! <laughs> i mean yeah just fucking shit goes from there they marty gets stabbed and carried off because he discovers one of the cameras yes and we presume he dies we presume he dies yeah and his first thought though when he finds the camera is like i'm on a reality tv show yeah (laughs) Fucking i mean great. what would your first thought be i think it would have to be something like that i feel like in this day and age part of me would assume some sort of modern practical joke before yeah uh like before you were being sacrificed yes <laughs> before, <laughs> before shadow agency sacrifice save humanity which also makes me very afraid of practical jokes like you know the youtube videos where someone like pretends to be a ghost in an elevator and someone like punches them in the face like yeah i don't want to be responsible for like doing something like that and it turns out it was a joke and you do it to me and i like stab you with a pair of scissors like i would feel really bad, julie
0: I this is why I would never prank you this hard. Yeah, like I I'll jump out at you from around a corner. <sighs> yeah, but I'm not I'm not gonna do anything where you might actually be so afraid that you stab me. Yes, because like at that point that's
1: on me. Yeah, at that point that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we don't we don't actually see Marty die, but it's it's strongly implied. But again, you don't see him die, so he goes away, and then. Uh, Dana and Holden are able to kind of take down one of the Buckners, I believe. Um, Dana's holding a weapon. She's doing a damn good job. She's following the rules of horror. And the, Mm -hmm. one of the guys in the control room just, you you know, pushes a button, which causes a zap and makes her drop her weapon. Fucking cheaters. Cheaters. But also like semi-brilliant you know? Yeah. Just that type of that, like, oh, we're just gonna remove this from play. Oh, this is a well-oiled machine. Yeah, that there's a, just, oh, we're gonna add in pheromones, move moonlight, we're gonna, you know, Kurt is like, we should stay together, and we just turn a dial, and then he changes his mind, and he's like, actually, let's Mm -hmm. split up. I would never split up with you, by the way. I don't care what kind of mind-altering drugs there are. Like, I am following somebody the whole way through this movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, no way. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, and then they go to escape, and then do you want to talk about how Kurt and Holden go? Ugh, Kurt's death I think is the most upsetting for me. Yeah. Um, and I'll explain
0: why. So Kurt decides they get to the to the um cave, mm-hmm. and they. There, the shadow government manages to make a cave in. Mm-hmm. I guess that there was some confusion and power was rerouted. So the cave wasn't collapsed. So there was this whole like, oh, they can make it in time. Oh, no. Which I felt like that whole plot subplot was unnecessary mm-hmm. and doesn't actually make sense. So I think that subplot's kind of stupid. The whole like we have to run to get the cave collapse. Anyway, so the cave is collapsed. Kurt decides that he's going to try to jump his um, dirt bike over this, like, cavern. Mm-hmm. And he um gets some really good air. Yep. And he's looks gonna like he's going to make it. And then he hits an invisible barrier and just, like, falls <sighs> down. The reason why I find this scene so upsetting is not because I think that's the worst death. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm like... Can you imagine being the person, like, you have no idea what's going on? You think that you're being attacked by zombies. Mm-hmm. You think that's what you're dealing with is zombies. And so you've already, like, set up your head to be like, I've seen zombie movies. Yes. I, I, you know, whatever. And then you're standing in that road and you see that. That would be so
1: fucking disorienting. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, oh. what the fuck is happening? Oh, yeah. And uh, to me also, I, I mean, I'm, I hope to God he is dead on impact, but, like, the way his body just kind of, like, it, it, it's like a rag doll. The way it's, like, folded and then it just kind of, like, falls and keeps hitting the barrier all the way down. And, mm. oh. And he, yeah, he said, he said, even if I hurt myself, I'm going to crawl till I get help. Like, he yeah. will, he's not going to leave his friends. And then, um,
0: so Holden and Dana get back in the RV. Dana's just kind of, like, along for the ride, I guess, at that point. Like, she doesn't even seem to have a plan. She's not trying to fight for her own survival. She's just sitting in the passenger seat, shell-shocked. And Mm -hmm. and then, like, Holden's driving the RV. And she goes, you're going back. And Holden's like, I'm going through. And tells her his plan is to just keep driving Mm -hmm. until they, like, reach something. Which is a stupid plan, because, like, what if the road ends? I don't understand, like, where, like, what if there's no road? Yeah, he's
1: like, then we'll drive through the woods. I'm like, you're gonna make it two feet into the underbrush and then
0: get stuck you're in a fucking RV. Exactly. Like, I, so, but anyway, Dana's just kind of like, oh, all right, if that's your plan, that's what we can do. Dana's not a fucking final girl. Mm. Makes me mad. Mm. Um, She does not have a final girl mentality at all.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I didn't actually think of that. I feel like in this scene, she for whatever reason, like, cause Marty's made those like puppeteer jokes. Like she, I don't think it's very clear, but I think she sees that there's no hope that everything's been rigged against him. So when he's like, we're just going to drive through, here's what we're going to do. She's like, it doesn't matter. Like it won't make a difference. Like she gives up in that scene. I feel. Um, and then she does. She agree. She lasts a long time, but I guess that's right. That doesn't quite make her a final girl. She just doesn't die.
0: Right, and there's probably some level of, like, the zombies have... There has to be something where the zombies aren't
1: going to kill her first.
0: Like, do you think that mm. the monsters are know what's going on enough that they...
1: Huh? Probably not. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I just feel like it's probably all part of the lab that they dictate it such a way that the whore gets found first, or... I feel like. Yeah, the- I guess
0: I'm just wondering because then what happens next is that Holden gets stabbed through the sh- throat because one of the Buckners is in the RV. Mm-hmm. And, like, why? What would have stopped that Buckner from stabbing Dana instead? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you know what? That's a really good point. That is a really good point. We don't see any. So maybe there is. Yeah, maybe there's some control element there that they understand the order because what they reveal is is that the virgin, who is Dana, as they work with what they have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's such a good line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That she doesn't... Her death is optional. The only thing that matters is that she suffers. Which is just... Oh, that's... That's almost semi-worse.
0: Right? But... Holden gets stabbed through the neck, and then the RV crashes into the lake. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And Dana does, like, swim out. So she does save herself there, and she, like, um, one of the Buckners, he grabs her by the ankle, and she, like, kicks away and gets up on the dock, and that's when they start celebrating.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Tequila is my lady. My lady. Tequila is my lady. (laughs) It's my favorite line of all the movies in the world.
0: I agree. That is definitely the best line in this movie is that he's having this moment where he's like, I'm really rooting for this girl. She's got so much heart, which doesn't make, actually doesn't make any sense with Dana's character. I agree. But whatever. <laughs> it's, it, he's like, I'm really rooting for her. She's got so much heart. And then he just sees the tequila out of the corner of his eye. And he's like, yes. Uh, yes,
1: queen.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but honestly, this is a scene that, um I love the party portion of this scene Um, With Dana dying in the background. Oh,
1: my God. Yes.
0: She is. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And they're getting drunk and partying. And she's like literally being killed behind them. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But then when they go back to the scene with Dana, this is what I I find it very hard to root for Dana Mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm -hmm. Because then they go back to the scene where and she's on the docks and she's like crawling away from the buckner and like there's nothing wrong with her legs yeah but she's not moving them <laughs> she's just like dragging herself forward with her legs completely immobilized and like oh oh no i have to i can't move my legs i have to drag i'm like what what happened to your legs bitch <laughs> And then apparently nothing happened to her legs because Marty shows up and saves her and she's able to get up and run off with Marty. So apparently
1: her legs were fine the whole time. (laughs) And Marty saves her with his giant, like, thermos converts to (laughs) bomb bat thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, see, and this is, uh, yeah, and then to get towards the end, like, marty comes back i guess i guess comes back is the wrong word but he 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 finds her and he saves her
0: yeah she she doesn't save herself
1: doesn't save herself and she does not hold marty to that similar like i'm gonna save you but we'll talk about that in a second i just i just feel like marty marty's my final girl
0: yeah, Marty's definitely the final girl. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking, yeah, actually, that's a really, I hadn't thought about it that way, but if we're talking about the final girl mentality, the resourcefulness, mm-hmm. the will to survive, mm-hmm. Marty's the one who's got that.
1: Yes, because, and typically the final girl is the one who's like, uh, kind of like the Cassandra of Greek mythology, to go back to Scream 2 a little bit, you know, where she says, this is what's going on, and no one really believes her. You know, I saw the killer. It just came to me. And, and Marty is the one who, because he, so it turns out because he's smoking all of this marijuana, he's completely immune to their chemical manipulation stuff. So he's the one who (laughs) said like, did anyone hear that? What the fuck? Guys, no. Like, let's get out of here. Let's go do this. Don't do that. And no one listens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He sees farther than they do. That's why they fear him. (laughs) <laughs> Cops won't pull over a man
0: smoking from a giant bomb. Yeah. <laughs> they fear this man.
1: <laughs> he just has such good lines. Oh my God. <sighs> but yeah, so. Those are
0: some Joss Whedon lines. Oh, yeah. Joss
1: Whedon writes the best one liners. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we're we ready to jump to like the killing floor? Yes. Because. Okay. Okay. I have questions. Okay, I have no <laughs> answers, but you know.
0: <laughs> no, I just want to. I just want to vocalize that. Okay, okay, that'll make me feel better. Yeah. So,
1: so <laughs> Marty is also able. They basically get in the elevator that brought the Buckners up, and they're able to take it down. Um, and they which they,
0: is the it comes from the great line where Dana's like, "Do we want to go down?" And Marty's like, "Where else are we going to go?" Yeah. At least you are not going up. Like fucking touche. We're <laughs> <laughs> going up to the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay
1: so at this juncture what do you think do you get in there's nowhere else to i go. get in <sighs> yeah
0: because i mean there's still there's still zombies wandering around like i'm i think i would i don't think there's any scenario where i as who i am julie would not get in this elevator but i could see an argument where like if you killed all the zombies the zombies were gone mm-hmm. like there's no point in going down because it's only going to be bad down but mm-hmm. like it's already bad where you are Mm. so might as well
1: (laughs) yeah that's a good point i was kind of hesitant because there's something about like the confined space and all he's like is like i can just make it go and it's like but go where you know when they're traveling through the um elevator they're coming across all the different horrors that they're seeing and then that's when dana realizes they made us choose what would kill us um i'm like aren't you worried the fucking door is gonna open like, I was. Like, what if it opens and you just met Sawblade Face, dude? Sawblade Face? <laughs> <laughs> that is now his official legal name. That is official saw legal name. Face. Yep. That's his, that's his title, is trademarked. And, <laughs> But, yeah, so going through, they they make it out. And then we'll also touch on when the security team shows up. But they end up purging the system. There's a very convenient purge button and and they unleash <laughs> and Dana
0: knows all the right buttons to push right to make buttons, it happen yeah
1: <laughs> and so they unleash apparently everything. that is a
0: very intuitive machine
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah okay what are your questions
0: okay here's my thing so the the um directive then kind of becomes like nobody hurt Dana mm-hmm. but you need to kill Marty like we need to kill the fool And then we'll deal with Dana, Yep. however we see fit. So, like, that kind of becomes a directive to the employees, which makes sense with the plot line that they've set out. Mm -hmm. But, like, at what point is there too much meddling by the shadow government for the ancient gods? Mm. So, like, a soldier runs up and shoots Marty between the eyes. Yeah. That still counts? That's still a sacrifice? Yeah, that's a good
1: point. Was he... Uh, the question with the guy, so the guy with the gun, who when the elevator door is open, he says he points a gun at them and he's like, "Get out!" and he's only talking to Dana. He's like, "Just yeah. you." So would he have killed Marty, or would they have like, again, it, it's the same. Like just sort sent of th- him back. Sent him back, yeah. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. Yeah, can they just kill him then, or well, no, but s- Dana's able to kill him. Or like the director yeah, implies. but she's, like, a part she's of a the part story. Of yeah. yeah. But, at like,
0: what at what point is she not pure anymore then? So she kills him? Is she still the pure virgin?
1: But her death doesn't matter. That's true. I I, I would say, it, you're right, because Dana's involved. She either has to kill him or, I think, a creature has to kill him. I don't know if it would have to be the same creature, like, if it had to be the Buckners. But I think hmm. if I think if he got shot by one of the agents, it would not go well.
0: Argument, though. Yeah. At the end of the movie, the director fights with him for the gun. Would she have shot him if she had gotten the gun? And would that have worked? I don't know. I feel like, like, maybe she was just fighting for the gun because she was afraid he was going to shoot her. And, like, there's that survival instinct. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just, I have questions. I don't expect you to be able to answer them, but I have questions.
1: Okay, yeah. very Good questions. Yeah. Damn good questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, what kind of monsters did you catch? Um.
0: So the big one that I caught this time around that I don't think I ever noticed before was I saw the, in the moving squares. Uh-huh. So I didn't see them actually, like, in the, um, loose in the laboratory. Mm-hmm. But in the moving squares, I saw the twins from the shiny. Ugh,
1: that's so cool. I missed it.
0: Ah. And also in the moving squares, I saw the um, arachnid giant spider.
1: <clears throat>
0: Arachnophobia giant spider. Yeah. So that was fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, of course, all the like obvious ones that we see yeah. like, actually actively killing people. This is... This is definitely the best part of the whole movie for me, is seeing all the different monsters.
1: It's oh, I just I want to watch it in slow so motion fun. and take it all in.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. What I'm trying to think, like I wrote down a couple. Like the killbot always stands out to me because I just think that's so fucking funny to just imagine <laughs> like a killbot like coming to you in the cabin, like, near, 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 near. Oh, oh. And then we come to the ending. Which, if you didn't catch her voice over the PA system... Oh, it's Sigourney Weaver! Oh. She's amazing. I love her. It was almost they considered Jamie Lee Curtis. She was considered for that role. Um, she also would have been great. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with either of them. But I just... I love that it was yeah. Sigourney Weaver. Um, and... So, that's where she reveals everything about, like, this is what the ritual is, this is the order we have to do, and we're the last ones left who can appease the Ancient Ones, and...
0: Which leads to another question I have. Like, hundreds of people die in this facility, and that doesn't appease the Ancient Ones. It has to be this certain type of person. Yeah. None of those
1: people were fools? All those people who died? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then so she says, you can die with them or you can die for them. What do you do? What do you do as Dana?
0: Um, I mean, I'm probably saying fuck everyone. Mm -hmm. After I had just gone through that and that trauma and feeling so... um, Victimized, mm-hmm. I would probably be like, "Fuck everyone." Though I mean, as if I'm actually Dana in that scene, like it's nobody's asking Dana to die. Mm-hmm. They're saying you have to kill Marty, which is like, so I can kill Marty and I can live and everyone else can live, mm-hmm. or we can all die. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess as Dana like, in that in that argument, I I I might kill Marty mm-hmm. to save myself. Mm-hmm. But there's also a part of me that I'm just like, fuck everyone. Like, if this is what it takes to save everyone, I don't give it. I'm I'm already borderline fuck everyone all the time. <laughs> Let it burn. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I don't know what I would do in this situation. I, I think I would be slowed down by that moral conundrum of like, I do this and everyone in the world lives. That, that's a hard one. Like, when she says, like, she's like, everyone in the world, Marty. Um, but if we're also talking about 2020 humanity, (laughs) I'm kind of with you. Mm. I don't think there's (laughs) a lot worth saving anymore. I mean, (laughs) fuck. There's just some horrible things in the world. And, and yeah, when it comes down to like this microscopic blip of a moment, fuck it.
0: More difficult question, though, than if you're Dana, mm-hmm. if you're Marty and you're like, you can die, you know, because that's who actually who she's talking to mostly because mm-hmm. Dana can live. Dana gets to live if she kills Marty yeah. in theory. Yeah. So if you're
1: Marty, like, do you think you'd sacrifice yourself to save everybody? I think I want to pretend. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I feel we but I, I feel like I hope I would. I do feel like one versus the entire world and given everything that's happened, do you really want to like live or, I mean, you're, you, you die either way. So I think I, I hope I would be able to die for a noble cause. Plus it's with a gun. So it would be very quick and I'm, you know, I'm all about that quick opt out. Yeah. What about you? It's a good
0: point. Um, I would also like to think that I would be self-sacrificing, but i I think I would be so angry in that scene mm-hmm. about everything that had been done to me and my friends i that I don't actually know how to respond. and I also might like maybe after they've seen so much and seen so many crazy monsters, there's a part of me that might be a little bit too like, how do you know that this is what will happen if i do, if I don't die? Yeah. Like how do you know? Yeah,
1: how can you trust anything they say? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we wrap up with little patience Buckner. She comes all the way. She makes it down.
0: <laughs> she. She's she's a final girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's very resourceful. Very pernate. Um, very tenacious
1: tenacious oh yeah so <laughs> I almost have very
0: pernicious I guess she's pernicious too
1: <laughs> um and yeah she fucking kills the director and there they go and then it's just Marty and Dana left smoking a joint as they witness the end of the world
0: yep and I do I do really like the line where she's like giant evil gods which did Sigourney Reaver tell them that They were giant evil gods, or did they just assume that?
1: Oh, I can't remember.
0: I can't remember either. But she goes, giant evil gods.
1: I wish I could have seen them. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. That's a good attitude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, no sequels for you guys, because then the ancient ones rise, and poof, everybody dead.
0: No, but I would- totally watch some prequels yes. about all the shenanigans. Oh,
1: I mean, you could have you could have an indefinite number. Like exactly. Oh, come on, <laughs> just give us what we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um okay. So, uh what is your law that you would enact from the movie? Don't fuck
0: with mystery items in stranger's basement. Oh,
1: so good. Mine's yep, very similar to that. That's really good. Um, I had two, but one was just a very like Jeanette judgy one. Um, so my law for the <laughs> film is don't read Latin phrases out loud like the incantation. <laughs> is that your judgy one? No. <laughs> well, I want to hear the judgy one. Don't sleep with your professor. What? It <laughs> has nothing to do with the movie. I know, but Dana, like, what you thinking? You're a smart, beautiful girl, and she's in the beginning of the movie, and she's getting her heart broken by her friggin' professor, and she's all like, I knew what I got into, and I was like, no, you don't, you little girl. No. Yeah, you're a child. You're a child. He took advantage of don't you. Don't sleep with your professor. Stop offending him. <laughs> <sighs> your law a lot better though i had a really hard time coming up with one because so many of our other laws of horror were already implemented and were utilized it's like oh yeah and then um thwarted thwarted yes exactly Mm. okay ready for some film facts i'm so ready sweet okay um, Alright, so, getting started. This uh, was written, obviously, by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, and they did it over a single weekend. Are you serious? The whole movie? The whole script? The whole movie. Well, I guess, like, obviously there's probably rewrites, but the sure. whole thing they did in one weekend, and they were out shopping it around. They were so. smoking
0: pot all weekend. <laughs> they
1: must have been! <laughs> Shit! Um, It was shot in 2009, intending for an early release in 2010, but it didn't actually end up coming out until 2011. So um, this was obviously filmed prior to Chris Hemsworth getting the role of Thor. Um, It was pushed back by the studio for more 3D effects because everybody thought 3D was going to be the new new thing. And people hate Um, it. They hate it. People fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I fucking oh hate my it. God. Ugh. Um. And then MGM, the studio, went bankrupt during oh, this, so awkward. it almost didn't didn't see the light of day. But then Lionsgate ended up rescuing the film. So thank oh. you to Lionsgate. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Um. The opening scene that you missed the first time cuz when you were in the theaters yeah. was was meant to confuse and throw people off they want they literally wanted people thinking they walked into the wrong theater oh so <laughs> <laughs> um uh inspiration for the film was uh what goddard grew up at the nukes at los in los alamos in new mexico and so basically he said this whole town exists because of because of a government lab that designs weapons so that was kind of there um and then also apparently some inspiration from watching the breakfast club as an adult and that at the end of the day both sides were right so then we obviously, we have some final girl appearances, but one is obvious, obviously Sigourney Weaver. um, She jumped on the chance to get involved with this film because she is apparently obsessed with werewolves. So when she heard that like her scene was going to involve that, she like ran around and was so excited. Um, That's adorable. But then, she, but then she doesn't actually like get killed by the werewolf, So she was all like, yeah, I'm living my best death. But then she gets i'm living my best death (laughs) that's just something i wrote i don't know if she actually like felt that (laughs) um and then the other final girl and then the other final girl appearance is by heather langenkamp aka nancy from nightmare on elm streets but she's not actually in the film she owns a prosthetic makeup costume effects company called afx studio and so she assisted heavily in the film um and she's easy to miss because she's listed under her maiden name of anderson oh that's pretty cool yeah um i don't really understand this film fact but goddard and whedon made the film as a loving hate letter um, because, like you said, for the reasons you you deducted a point, they were both following the rules of horror and mocking them. Um, And then Film Fact 6 out of 11 uh, is all about the fool. So this one's really fun. Uh, Marty, Fran Kranz, is actually ripped like muscular Jesus, according ah, to no. Weedon and Goddard. <laughs> What? that is a direct quote um so they had to deliberately make him look out of shape and like by giving him an overly baggy wardrobe so that
0: <laughs> i will say i think it's the moment when he saves dana like when- <gasps> yes me too. Are like, I, there are visible biceps underneath his t-shirt yes
1: you couldn't hide it that much when he yeah. swings that and you're just like oh my Marty.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, "Whoa." <laughs> but that's Marty. also part of the
1: reason that he never he never takes off his clothes when the whole group goes swimming and stuff is uh he might have given Chris Hemsworth a run for his money at the time. Ooh. So <laughs> um, and then Marty's bong, the whole, the one that like collapses into a thermos, hilarious idea, but was actually extremely difficult for them to actually, um, engineer and create. So the prop cost approximately $5,000 to get it to work. Is that properly. the most expensive
0: bong in the world? I need you to find out.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll report back to you on the next, on the next episode. Good. I'm making a note for myself. Most, I just, I really want Aaron to like accidentally find this note. Most expensive, honey. I was looking for an anniversary present. (laughs) It's not what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay. And then uh, making out with the moose. So (laughs) when Jules is dared. Poor Jules.
0: (laughs) Why are we never the leading lady? We are always the bitch or the best friend or the slut.
1: We're never the lead never um so when she makes out with the wolf head even though marty's so high he thinks it's a moose um the prop master dan sissons coated the silicone tongue in powdered sugar um and so the actress hutchinson said that the wolf is up there as one of the best kissers she's had in a film (laughs)
0: That would make it so much worse for me. I'm like, I already have to kiss in an inanimate object and you're going to coat its tongue in sugar? Fuck you. I <laughs>
1: know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think a sugar kiss would be delicious. No. Mm. I don't know. That sounds yeah. real
0: gross to me. But I also, I, I don't have a huge sweet tooth. So like... I don't know. Maybe if they coated it in bacon grease. I'm
1: just oh, kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> see some barbecue sauce up in here. <laughs> All right. Uh, film fact number eight is um, the Latin. So when the Latin is read out loud in the basement, the actual translation is: "Pain outlives the flesh. Pain raises the flesh. Pain ignites the spirit." Do 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 do. Um. Number 9 is about the video game. So there was going to be a video game tie-in that was going to be ported into left into the Left for Dead series. But because the MGM studio went bankrupt and the the release date got pushed and all this stuff, it just completely killed the crossover. Well, that's a bummer.
0: I mean, I wouldn't have um. wanted to play the crossover to be completely honest. I want this could be such a fun RPG to play just on its own this premise multiple
1: endings and oh my god yeah and like multiple storylines
0: and what if you what if you could play like a lab person as well as like (gasps) one of the victims
1: oh come on come on on. this is where i wish i was like so rich i could just pay people to make my whatever video game you want (laughs) yep Yep, I want someone to make the Percy Jackson books into like a video game for me. That would be fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then uh, number 10 is obviously the full list of monsters. We'll post that to our website. And there's a couple nods. Apparently, there's a Kevin from Sin City, um, the Elijah Wood cannibal dude with the TV glasses. Apparently, he's there. Oh, I thought that was a Jeffrey Dahmer reference. Oh, I saw maybe. him. Yeah, yeah. So it, it said it said Sin City. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm Reaver. sure that makes
0: more sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yes. The Reaver from Serenity. Woohoo! And then uh, there were a lot of creatures from Left for Dead Two. There are things like a Boomer, Charger, Hunter, Smoker, Tank, and Witch. But um, I have not played those uh, played those games. Um, and then the last film fact. I just called it "Let the bodies hit the floor." Is (laughs) that um, the number of actual on-camera deaths is (laughs) sixty-nine? Oh my god! But if you want to get technical, it's the
0: population of the entire. I am up to here with you. I got it up to here.
1: Help it! You know who I'm married to. um so ta-da! that's what i have
0: <laughs> um so i wanted to do the real lore section on human sacrifice oh. and that's a fucking um i got i got like
1: wormhole promptly <laughs>
0: and quickly overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> humans netty i'm gonna shock you here are you ready ready humans love to kill each other <laughs>
1: What? But we're such a happy, perfect
0: species. <laughs> so just super briefly, <laughs> human sacrifice has occurred all over the world across hundreds of cultures for like dozens of reasons. Sometimes Ugh. they're just like, oh, our crops are failing, so we better kill somebody. Sometimes they're like, we're going to war and we want to win, so we better kill somebody. Fuck. Like Fuck. Just, you know, like maybe the gods mad or people, people sacrifice for gods and ancestors Mm -hmm. and spirits, monsters, just all kinds of reasons. You can find any reason to sacrifice somebody, apparently.
1: Yeah. When in doubt, kill a bitch.
0: (laughs) 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 When the Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez and his men arrived in the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan? Killed it. In 1521, they described witnessing a grisly ceremony. Aztec priests, using razor-sharp obsidian blades, sliced open the chests of sacrificial victims and offered their still-beating hearts oh, to the no. gods. They then tossed the victims' lifeless bodies down the steps of the towering Templo Mayor. Oh, Andres, dear. <laughs> oh, dear is right. <laughs> One of the conquistadors, Andres de Tapaya described two rounded towers flanking the Templo Mayor made entirely of human skulls. And between them, a towering wooden rack displaying thousands more skulls with bored holes on either side to allow the skulls to slide onto the poles.
1: Oh, boy. In 2015 and
0: 2018, archaeologists working at the Templo Mayor excavation site in Mexico City discovered proof of this, um, of these these towers. So they mm. found the towers and the skull racks. Oh, so gosh. this was not some conquistador just being like, Oh, we had to kill the locals because look how barbaric they were, which I mean, yeah. that was probably a part of it, mm. but he like, they did practice these human sacrifices and those, those skull piles did exist. So that, shit. I, that's the only specific example I'm going to give of human sacrifice. Cause there's so mm. many.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: But that was one that's really powerful. And I feel like that's a stereotype when you say human sacrifice. I feel like people think of Aztecs.
1: Yes. Well, it makes me kind of like even call back a little bit to the ruins. Like, whew, whew. Yeah,
0: I was thinking about that too, because there's definitely some undercurrent to the ruins of like, are they being sacrificed to the vines? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So
0: yeah, something that bothers me about the concept of human sacrifice is not just the obvious that it's horrible and wrong and immoral, which it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but what purpose does it actually serve? Why do the gods and ancestors want this person to die? Mm -hmm. What are they actually getting out of this? Is it just like a bloodthirsty God thing? Like, oh, the gods are bloodthirsty and they just want to see people die. Mm -hmm. And for the people doing the sacrificing, what are they getting? They think that they're protecting their crops or blessing the future of their society or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But are they actually performing some kind of ancient version of the purge?
1: fuck or at a stupa yeah
0: well i mean that's just kind of what i was thinking like is this just a way for them to get rid of troublemakers fuck so i read this article in the atlantic about how um basically this article just puts forth this theory that human sacrifice actually built our culture the way it is yeah and it like helped people like make these civilized societies so holy
1: shit, that's so trippy.
0: Human sacrifice is defined as the ritualized, religiously motivated killing of a human being. Mm-hmm. It is no longer sanctioned by any state that we know of, oh, but it was, <laughs> but it was once practiced by societies across the globe chiefs and priests routinely strangled bludgeoned drowned and burned their victims to death in order to please various ancestors or deities which is another great line from this movie remember when you could just throw a girl in a volcano
1: (laughs) yes you're right oh my gosh (laughs) fuck how the sacrifices have even evolved oh my god
0: yeah uh and the people but what has not evolved Even when we're we're talking about this movie versus um, actual ancient sacrifices is that the people in charge of the sacrifices, the people who are ordaining them, Mm -hmm. are always of a higher status than their victims.
1: Oh, fuck, yeah. With very
0: few exceptions. Like I think in our midsummer episode, I did bring up that there was um, a Viking sacrifice where they did sacrifice a king because things had gotten so bad. Um, So there are some, maybe some examples that, um, break away from that, Mm -hmm. but I mean, for the most part, you have powerful people sacrificing people with less or no power. Yeah. Which has kind of led to some researchers into this asking whether the violence served a social purpose, namely keeping the lower orders in line.
1: That is so fascinating. I can't believe I've never put those connections together.
0: Yeah, I or mean, I hadn't either. A... I, this yeah. is just oh, the wormhole gosh. I went down.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. Like, damn. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, human sacrifice may be a ritual practiced in a stable society and may even be conducive to enhance societal bonds, both mm-hmm. by creating a bond unifying the sacrificing community and in combining human sacrifice and capital punishment by removing individuals that have a negative effect on societal stability, such as criminals, religious heretics, Mm -hmm. prisoners of war, or -hmm. basically just anybody who makes the authority figures angry.
1: Wow.
0: And even outside of this societal thing, um, human sacrifice, though, can serve the opposite purpose, where it can be a destabilizing force to a society because people can get into these blood frenzies and these mass killings, which... Mm -hmm. Leads. I mean, it 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 goes towards the societal bonds in the sense that you have usually a group of people getting together and being like, this person is the cause of our problems. We're gonna, Mm. you know, we're gonna lynch them. We're gonna do something Mm -hmm. terrible to them. So, I mean, it still serves a societal bond purpose, which is extra disturbing to me.
1: Holy shit!
0: And finally, the last thing I'm gonna kind of make a point of um, Mm -hmm. that I found really interesting is that studies of these ancient sacrificing cultures have shown that human sacrifice worked as a kind of crowd control, but only Mm. in already small societies. Mm. The larger a society grew, the more destabilizing human sacrifice was. If you have 300 people living in a village and half those people are afraid of being sacrificed, they're Mm. going to be easier to control and more likely to follow orders. Uh. But when societies are larger, it's easier to disobey and avoid punishment so basically the population of a lot of cultures, the reason why we've outgrown human sacrifice is not because we came to some morality, but because our populations and all of our societies grew so large that individuals were no longer afraid of being selected to be sacrificed. And those Holy who were selected, shit. like the populations grew also more powerful as as like a population as the population of the less powerful expanded, but the powerful stayed very elite
1: and small. Oh my god, that's like fucking mind blowing, isn't it? It's fascinating. Shit. I fucking love that. Like <laughs> not, okay, I don't love. that just just the, the way you explained it and everything was amazing. Thank I was you. All about it. Oh my that's
0: god. and that's all I'm gonna do because otherwise we could spend a whole episode just talking about human sacrifice, which would be a real bummer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So let's play some games then. <laughs> oh, I would
0: love to play some games. I thought you'd never ask. Greetings and welcome. I want to play
1: a game. Woo-hoo. All right, hold well, on. I'm just going to put this back in here. Okay. Um, all right. So, of course, because we've got some more male characters that we actually want to play this game with. <laughs> um, fuck, Mary, kill. We have, I picked Kurt, Marty, and Holden. What you gonna do?
0: I'm obviously gonna marry Kurt. Like, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. Cause to be fair, I always pick the most useful. So like, you probably thought I was gonna pick Marty because Marty's incredibly did. useful. I did. And but then I did. going to be fair, have to fight you. <laughs> Kurt. Um, Kurt was also useful. Yeah. The fact that he died does not make him less useful. Correct. He had a good plan, and yep. it was very bravely executed.
1: Yep, there were circumstances totally outside of his totally control. outside of his control. <laughs> so I'm
0: definitely gonna marry Kurt. Okay, I'm gonna fuck Marty and kill Holden.
1: Nice. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna kill Holden because I kind of forget he's in the movie. Even Sorry, though he's Holden. A <laughs> he, he's so um, cute. <laughs> he is so cute. But he's um, underdeveloped. Yep. I am going to fuck Kurt. Because, hello, Chris obviously Thor. Annoyed. And then um, I'm going to marry Marty, but I'm going to strongly try to tell him that he can't smoke anymore. (laughs) I'm going to change him. I can change him, Julie, um, because I just fucking love him so much. I love him, too. Uh, I don't know if you can. I think that
0: saying you can't smoke anymore might be too extreme for him. Maybe, like, just (sighs) reduce it in stages.
1: Yeah, reduce it in stages.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Slowly wean him off of the pot yeah (laughs) okay we're gonna play a new version of this game
1: that i've just
0: made up okay called live die or burn down so you have to (laughs) pick a location that you would want to live in Uh uh-huh die in or you just destroy the thing altogether
1: (laughs) oh fuck okay
0: okay all right what are my options your options are cabin in the woods just any cabin Mm -hmm. in the woods not necessarily this one a hotel in the mountains. Or mm-hmm. a tent in a ruined temple.
1: <sighs> okay, uh, and is burned down like for the betterment of society, like by burning down the Overlook Hotel. I'm saving other people from similar fates.
0: That's yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking.
1: Okay, well I'm gonna be an asshole, so <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn down the tent in a ruined temple because I am not staying there. I hate <laughs> camping. Nope. <laughs> Um, I am going to live in a hotel in the mountains because I feel like there's more amenities and I would be happier and I'm just going to die in a cabin in the woods, hopefully very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do?
0: Um, I'm also a dick and I'm also (coughs) going to burn the tent in a ruined temple because I don't want to die or live there either.
1: But also, like, maybe if it if
0: this is the ruined temple from the ruins, maybe you would also burn all the plants. I don't know. But (laughs) so I'm going to burn down the tent in the ruined temple. I'm going to live in the cabin in the woods and I'm going to die in the hotel in the mountains for similar reasons to what you picked. I feel like the hotel in the mountains would be more comfortable. (laughs) So, So I might as well be my final resting place. <laughs> i love it because cool. ghost needs hotels too remember exactly <laughs> okay, okay. one more one? round of that <sighs> 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 so we That's have the so cabin in the woods yeah uh, a farmhouse in the bayou Ugh. or an underground cave and we're gonna pretend oh, like these you could so burn so an damn. underground cave if you wanted to maybe you just <sighs> the entrance. i don't know
1: these are so terrible Ugh. okay well i'm definitely gonna live in the cabin in the woods because that sounds comfortable Mm -hmm. A farmhouse in the bayou just sounds so sweaty and mosquito-y and... Yeah. uh, I'll probably die there, though, because still some civilization and I like comfort. And I'm going to magically burn down the underground
0: cave. (laughs) Yeah, because dying underground sounds even more terrifying than Uh, dying above ground.
1: I didn't even think that. I was just like, underground is dirty.
0: (laughs) Uh, so it- I have same answers, but apparently for different reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love the different reasons. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, we have kind of covered already, like, which death was the worst. Yeah. Mine was Jules, yours was Kurt. Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I love that we had the same game idea. Okay, so you're in the cellar. And if you're able to fill in the gaps, let me know. But I, I tried to look it up beforehand. I couldn't quite find an exact answer. So you're in the cellar. What do you as Julie pick up? So your options are the diary, which we know leads to zombie redneck torture family, the music box, which is the teeth face ballerina. There's the locket. I don't know what that goes to the puzzle box, which is saw blade face, dude. Uh, The conch shell leads to the merman. And then the film reel is also unknown, but I feel like there's some twisted shit that's in the, last uh i mean it's probably like
0: the there. monster from sinister or something
1: some sh- yeah like that yeah mm. so what are what are you thinking what is julie naturally gonna be drawn to
0: i think i'm gonna naturally go to the puzzle box unfortunately because that guy's terrifying but i think that mm-hmm. if i walked into that basement that i would be like what's this
1: Yep. like i've seen puzzles. a fucking music
0: box before i've seen a locket <laughs> before i definitely yeah. wouldn't pick up the conch shell. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I bro. That wants to see a merman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen a dozen conch shells. They're not special.
1: Let you've alone one, you feel the urge to blow one. <laughs> right. <laughs> what would you pick? Um. Oh, I think knowing me, it would. Uh it would probably end up being the diary because it's something I could read and that would be intriguing. And I like the old antique stuff. I wouldn't put on the locket. I wouldn't, I, I'd see the puzzle box and I'd be like, that's too hard. Um, <laughs> or, or like maybe the music box. It depends on like, if I think the idea is that you have to let it play all the way through. I don't know if I would have the attention span for that. So unfortunately right. I'm probably reading the diary. Yeah, I mean,
0: playing the puzzle box all the way, or the puzzle box, playing the music box all the way through, I agree. Like, you're going to open it up, you're going to hear the song, see her dancing, and then you're just going to close it again.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The Uh, question is, though, so you pick up the diary, do you read the Latin out loud?
1: Fuck, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I might... I mean, yeah, I think I just read it. I, I, I might, like, summarize it for people, but the whole thing where she's like, it doesn't even mean anything. Let me read it out loud. It's like, well, it doesn't mean anything. Don't fucking read it. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> okay. And then um, my last game question is, what department do you work for? And you could do one where you're like, this is probably where I'd end up versus this is what I would love to do. Um, so the ones that I found, and obviously they were available online, in more detail, but I just went off of ones that I caught as I watched. So, there's the Harbinger. Harbinger. There's the, there's Harbinger. the old dude. <laughs> um, there's the demolition crew. You could work for the chemistry department. Maintenance, because they're mentioned all the time. You could work in the control room. Uh, data archives. There's the psychology kitchen staff and accounting
0: well obviously my dream job is as the harbinger because <laughs> that seems like a blast Yep. Yeah. and you could just be super dramatic all the time
1: <laughs> you'd be so good at it
0: so that'd be my dream job but I feel like with my luck professionally I'd end up in the control room and just feel terrible <laughs> in myself all the time
1: Oh my god, that's so good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Okay, so I feel like I would love to be in the psychology department, but I'm sure there's some really twisted component to that where, like, I mean, I'm you'd the probably one... be
0: the. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, you're okay. I was just gonna say, like, and I, I feel like I'd be the person who's like, yeah, if we put these five together, like, so I kind of like the idea of that.
0: That's what I was going to say. The psychology department's probably in charge of finding the victims and deciding who would yeah. be a good victim. That's a I lot know. of fucking
1: pressure. a lot guilt of pressure. pressure. Yep. But I'm probably honestly ending up in like data archives. <laughs> like, I just want to be like in a librarian.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's the safest, almost. Yep. That, that is, is like, the Hufflepuff
1: south. of the, <laughs> the, the job descriptions there. And I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, my love. So what is our pick for next week?
0: I thought I'd go with like a summary movie. Uh-huh. We're going to do the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh,
1: fuck yes. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, guys. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. It yeah. would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Law & Horror Podcasts.
1: Twitter at Law and Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Law and Horror. Check out our website, Law and Horror.com. Send us an email at Law and Horror at Gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909 666 0159.
0: Hey guys, never drop your weapon.
1: And don't forget to double tap. Musical Fade Out.